Welcome to the Awakening Podcast, where we have truth tellers, not whistleblowers, where we have facts and not conspiracy theories, the podcast with solutions. Today, my guest, I could say supermodel, definitely a model, <laughs> actor, director, producer. You've all known him from producing <coughs> Pandemic 1 and Indoctrination, Pandemic 2. Please welcome Mickey Willis. Thank you. It's great to be here. So the first thing is that I'd like to say is what I've seen is you with your children, uh, with the homelessness. That was beautiful. Do you want to just tell us a bit about that? You're talking about the video that we we did uh, working with homeless people on the streets? Yes, the yes. Ones? You had your child and you were talking to <laughs> Yeah. Them. Yeah, that was a few years ago. So uh, one of the ways that my wife and I like to teach our children is by direct experience. And so it's one thing to just walk by the homeless and 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 you know give them a dollar and it's another thing to go hang out with them and understand what got them there and 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 so it was something i did with my kids when they were little i i really wanted them to understand how privileged they were how lucky they were that they had a roof over their head and that not everyone has it that way and so we would go down and befriend homeless people and get to know them and find out what got them there and and what they were about, and it was it was really quite amazing. Um, we ended up doing a, a big walk um, to raise money for for the homeless population in our area, um, and it was re- really wonderful uh, because the kids, you know, they were just starting to get to a point of becoming materialistic, where everything they saw they wanted, you know, which is kind of normal for for kids. And yeah. um, but after hanging out with people who really had nothing except for maybe a tent and a sleeping bag and and didn't know where their next meal was coming from, it, it, it really changed them as, as little people. And they started to um, show more gratitude for the things they have and stopped wanting so much for the things they didn't need. So that's, that's the way my wife and I teach is we'll take, we'll take the kids right into the middle of, right in the middle of life. Because I think that a lot of the parenting techniques over the past few decades have been destructive in many ways. Um, they, they, in the guise of conscious parenting, uh, we have a generation of young people that are not prepared for the real world. And so for us, it's really important to that, that they are engaged in the real world and they know what's really going on out there, the dangers and the beauties. Yeah, not beautiful. And I even saw your child like hogging, you know, the home. And it's like it's showing humanity instead of yeah. them and us. And I thought it was beautiful. It was one of the, yeah. you know, of all the stuff that you've done, that was something that, <laughs> that touched me. Like it was really oh, wonderful. Thank you. So, I mean, everybody knows about the, uh, you know, pandemic one and two, but you've been doing a lot of stuff before that. So, like, what I'd like to know is when was your awakening? Yeah, well, that's that, that's pretty e- easy one to pinpoint. There were two major events in my life, um, actually three, but but two that were, were kind of an uh, amalgamation into one. Um, and that is when I was in my early tw- my early 20s, my brother died of AIDS. And 23 days later, my mom died of cancer. They actually died of bad treatments, bad medical treatments, bad medicine. And so that was the first uh, real awakening that I had into the the issues within Western medicine. And then my next awakening happened while I was in New York in 2001. I was there when the World Trade Center was attacked and ended up going down to the scene and doing search and rescue and body recovery for three days. And as you can imagine, saw a lot of things that um, that would would change just about any, anyone. And so, I came out of that with a, a new appreciation for the fragility of life, the impermanence of life, and um, and really it it, it, it kind of rocked my own ego, you know, because we think we're these incredibly indestructible, powerful things, and and we put so much importance on cars and buildings, and and there I was standing at the you know, on the rubble of two of the largest buildings in our nation and, and, and in the world and watching the finest automobiles be demolished uh, to make way for rescue vehicles. And so everything in, you know, in my mind that I thought was important suddenly got recalibrated and I was left with the question, what is important? And the answer for me was each other, family, people, connections. Uh, the very thing that we're constantly um, being driven apart and divided um, is, is I, I think, is the most important thing. We came here to experience each other and to reconnect with our own humanity. 
which is why there's so much effort to divide us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that, that's a very, uh, it, losing your mother and your brother within such a short period. I mean, so you've seen, I mean, I, like I expose a lot of the medical industry and I personally have experienced it myself. So what exactly, could you tell us a bit more about that? What, where you realized what went wrong? Well, you know, it, it wasn't until years later. Uh, well, well, during the incident, I was told by friends of my brothers that he was not killed by the virus, but he was killed by the medicine. And I remember names like Anthony Fauci, because Anthony Fauci was at the helm of the AIDS epidemic in the 80s. And I remember that name, but back then we didn't have the internet any ways to really research. And, uh, you know, we weren't raised with a lot of money, so there were, we didn't have the resources to pursue anything. So I just let it go. Um, and then years later, I, did, I started to look into you know, as I started to do my own work in media and work with a lot of top doctors, and they would talk about cancer treatments and what was really killing a majority of the patients and the problems with things like chemotherapy and, and Western medic medicines um, tendency to just want to cut and burn things. And, um, and so that started to make me you know, kind of rethink my mom's death. And I thought, yeah, she went through all of that. And it's really interesting that she was so healthy one day and then suddenly was on her deathbed the next day. And I started realizing, oh, that she too didn't die from the cancer, but from, from bad medical advice and treatments. And, um, you know, I, I'm not the only one where we, you know, most of us have experienced something to this degree, a loss of a loved one. And, um, and you know, considering that medical treatments, medical error is the number three killer of the human body. Um, the very thing that's, you know, was invented to save us is actually, you know, the number three killer. I think it's just, it, it leaves room for us to investigate that deeper and to really look at why that is. Um, and, you know, we know why it is. We, anyone who's done any investigating to understand the the way that the medical industry has been hijacked um, by greed and by those wishing, you know, seeking patents and and fame and and um, all the riches that come with discovering medicines and or monopolizing a market such that everyone has to take only your patented medicine. Um, that's incentivized corruption and has destroyed the very industry that was um, put in place to help us. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, there's a lot of people that I've on as well. And, you know, they're doing the natural remedies and they're all being shadow banned. They're, you know, sites, sometimes they have 40,000 followers and they're just removed. And it like it must infuriate you when you see something like that to, to be happening. Well, it really does. You know, there was a, a time when I I'm a very observant person. I've been I've, I've been observant since I was a child. My, my mom used to drop me off at the local mall with my friends and I. And I would often break away from the arcade and just go kind of sit by the fountain and, and watch people and or, or or strike up a conversation with some old person. And I, I really enjoyed hearing hearing stories from the wisdom of the elders. And and so I've kind of continued that into my adult life of just really being observant of what's going on. And one thing that I've always observed that hasn't been able to register with me until recently is some of the illogical policies that get passed on. Um, for example when it when we invented the ability to catch rain and turn that into drinking water and usable water um why did some states within my nation make that illegal or restrict how much pe rain people could catch like I, I i looked at that and i thought i can't find any logical reason that they would restrict us catching something that falls from the heavens and if there's such a you know, they, they keep talking about this issue with water shortage and conserving water. Why wouldn't they incentivize all of us to catch the rain and solve that issue overnight? I, I couldn't understand that. And, you know, through the years, I, I, I began to understand as I got involved in politics and particularly with this, this lockdown situation, as soon as, you know, there were independent companies, businesses that wanted to reopen, wh what did the local governments do? The local states they said we'll turn off your water and power and so then it hit me that oh it's about it's about dependency they want us all to be dependent upon their system because then they can control us if we're sovereign and we're generating our own power and our water and we're living off the grid 
then they can't control us. And it's one of the reasons they want to tax the, the, the wealthy, the wealthy that bring jobs and that, that create financial independence for others, and the wealthy that have the ability to actually do something through the courts because they have enough money to, to combat the elite powers. They want to tax all of them and bring them down to a point such that no one has enough power to actually resist their agenda. That's what's really going on. Exactly. And they've also, I've seen in some states and some countries where they made it illegal to feed, feed the homeless. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just looking at that. And like, because that's something that's passionate to me. I mean, I've seen it in Ireland because they were basically evicting a lot of people. And if you trace it back, all the homelessness is caused by the governments. They basically, they're, they're, they're throwing people out and it's costing, if you say the taxpayer, a hundred thousand plus when they could have somebody housed for maybe five thousand a year or ten thousand and it's like have compassion so if you give somebody even a room i'm not saying giving them a house even a room but they're doing totally the opposite they're just throwing people out there taking their dignity from them which then makes them depressed and go on to all the drugs and everything so once you wake up to see this thing you kind of go what is going on yeah it's it's very clear you know it's it's uh I think the clearest, most recent example that we all should pay very close attention to is the fact that our pandemic response team, this collection of what we were told are the top medical professionals in the world that were assembled to inform the global population while in lockdown, while they have everyone's attention, captive attention, of how to best respond to this virus. Yet not one person from the pandemic response team said anything about the importance of building our natural immune system. They actually gave us a protocol that destroys our immune system by staying inside, away from sunlight, um, toxifying our environment by spraying chemicals. Every time we touch a surface, spray it, just keep the chemicals in the air. Uh, All of this is the exact opposite of you know, immunology 101 ways to to build our immune system. So I think that in itself, you know, imagine that, imagine you being the person who has been given the, the, the noble honor of addressing the world to save lives. And you have the microphone and the camera and you go out to speak to the world and you say nothing about the importance of eating right, exercising, sunlight, nature, everything, oxygen, everything that we need, we've been told to do the opposite. And so if that doesn't sound off some alarm bells for the general population to understand that something is not right here, if they're still listening to these people at this point, then you deserve what you get. Exactly. And I'm not sure if you're aware, both in Ireland and the UK, just this week, they basically like Tesco, which would be a big shot, big kind of similar to Walmart to be one of the bigger ones. They've stopped all the clothes. You cannot, it's all closed off. And they even have the police guarding it. They're saying it's non-essential. So yes, you can go in and buy alcohol. You can buy all these toxic sweets and gunk that they sell, but yet they've stopped, especially with the winter coming in. Maybe they want people to be cold and get more flus, which they're, you know, causing saying that yeah. it's the COVID. So it's, it's unbelievable. Causing it's 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 to cause more more sickness for sure, um, which is why they 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 push the mass mandate so much, knowing that people don't know how to wear them, knowing that they're recycling mold because the masks get damp inside and and we don't know how to tend to them, we don't know when to change them, and we keep touching them, and it just adds to more problems. This has been scientifically proven now, um, but uh, but above and beyond that, I think the agenda there is to create a powder keg situation, to create people so on the edge, so frustrated, because when the people are given orders, but but they're smart enough to see beyond them and they know that there's no logic here. You know, we're all joking right now, but but what's underneath that that those jokes is rage. You know, we're all joking about, oh yeah, great, I can put my mask on, walk from the door to my table in a restaurant, and then I can take it off. Um, so somehow that 10 feet from the door to here makes a difference. If I want to get up and go to the bathroom, I put it on again. You know, I can sit in an airplane right next to some, someone pinned against my shoulder and I can put on a mask that forces my breath to go to the side instead of forward. Like none of it makes sense. So 
those of us that, 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 that still have the ability to think logically, we get frustrated. Okay. And it's, it's seeming more and more that, that the agenda is to get everyone and this breaking point of so furious because we're being pushed to do things that don't make sense that it, they can then manufacture a civil war. That's, that's what it's appearing to, to, um, to be on the top of the list right now. And if you can see it, I mean, like the police are no longer like the police. Yeah. They're the military now. You can see all the equipment and they've got, uh, oh, yeah. you know, the sound equipment as well with the 5G, that the frequency waves that they can disperse crowds. So it's scary. Yeah. 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 So like you've got into the pol political scene at one stage. I, I'm not like I've seen some stuff. Was it that you were kind of going around doing documentaries in the political side? Yeah, I my 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 first real experience in the world of politics was traveling with Bernie Sanders in 2016. So I documented his campaign from California all the way to Philadelphia. And uh, it was a daily thing, uh, multiple stops a day where we were able to, you know, sit down with, with different communities, find out what they needed, what they were about. And I was interviewing people along the way. And uh, it, through that experience, um, I realized that there was a, a real common thread in a lot of the Bernie supporters. I was a Bernie supporter at the time. And the way that he sucked me in was, was through that part of me that identified as a victim. And we have to be really careful of these uh, characters that are using th that oppression and victimization um, to, to suck us in because it's, a, it's usually a, a very deep rooted uh, issue for people. When they were raised, I was raised on welfare with a single mother. And, and so when someone comes along and says they're going to help the little guy, you know, un unconsciously, I'm thinking, wow, this is my way to help my struggling mom that was taking care of four kids on her own. Even though she's dead now, it's, it's still, it's like, I, I want to help rebuild America such that other moms and children don't have to experience the poverty that my, me and my brothers and sisters experienced when we were young. And so it pulls you in. And but then what you don't realize is because your 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 victim mentality has been activated, um, that that there's also a very disempowering part of that 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 keeps that cycle alive. Suddenly it attracts all these victims and all they do is, as I heard somebody call it one one day, I thought it was very funny. They said it's, it's the oppression Olympics. Everyone's competing to to to, to be the most oppressed. And that's what I started to understand when I was on the road with Bernie Sanders was that everyone was was sad. Everyone was angry. Everyone was. And it wasn't all for there's a good reason to be sad and angry in this in this world. Uh, many of us, have, you know, and people have good reason for that. But a lot of the reasons that they were um, uh, expressing also didn't make logical sense to me. I would see people driving eighty thousand dollar, you know, Lexus cars talents talking about how oppressed they were and clearly you know coming from money and and then when i'd ask what job they do and they're a, a doctor or something you know it's like how, how how are you oppressed i don't understand you know it sounds like america has been really good to you and it's given you a lot of great opportunities you're an immigrant and you came here and you're from a family of doctors and and um and i i i think that there's a, a real danger in us focusing so much on what we don't have and losing sight of what we do have. And so I started to see this, particularly in the young people who we started having conversations about socialism as I was trying to understand what the hell democratic socialism really was. And no one could give me a, a straight answer, a good answer. Um, and, uh, and the conversation would then often bridge into communism. And I was shocked to hear how many young people had a favorable opinion of communism. And I listened to him because I thought maybe I'm, you know, let, maybe they know something I don't know. Maybe there is a brand of communism that hasn't been tried and that hasn't worked and that, that could be a model. I mean, it's, it's, I have to get out of my, my mind is so wired to hear the word communism as bad. Maybe I need to open my mind and listen. So I did. And, um, and all I heard was, you know, a lot of rhetoric that made no sense that clearly would lead us to um, a place of devastation. And then I began interviewing people from Venezuela and Cuba and North Korea and different communist nations. And um, to really find out, you know, what 
those systems were like to experience. And I became really clear that what Bernie Sanders was peddling was incredibly dangerous to the future of our of our nation. Um, demonizing the, the, the successful, demonizing the rich. Um, the godmother of my children um, uh, is one of the most generous, kind ladies you'll ever meet. And she would be an enemy to Bernie Sanders because she's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. As a single mother, she invented a, a protein bar, a, 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 a diet food, and sold her company. She she did it, you know, as a single mom. And and so does does this woman who's who, you know, was studying nutrition to make her kids' lives better, and suddenly stumbled upon. Um, a nutrition invention that made her wealthy, does that suddenly make her a bad person? And I think that's the kind of, you know, thought patterns that, that, that uh, the lack of nuance doesn't allow us to, to activate when we lump all of rich people into a, a, an, a, an elite pile or a greedy pile. And we don't understand that, that um, we need to incentivize our rich instead of demonize them. We need to incentivize them to understand that they have more potential to do good stuff in the world. And, and the more good stuff they do in the world, I think the more they should receive tax breaks and incentive in, 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 to be incentivized yeah. to do more good in the world. Uh, I think it's just the opposite. So anyway, I, I fell out of love with Bernie and came off the tour. I went back on the road with Tulsi Gabbard, um, presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard. I uh, loved her, loved her family, have nothing negative to say about them whatsoever. Don't agree with all of her, all of her policies. And she knows that because I was very vocal with her. Um, but, but it's not because I think that in any way she's, um, she lacks integrity. I, I just think that um, it's, it's hard even for politicians to understand what's real and, and what's truthful out there. And so um, other than that, she was a great person, but I got to learn a lot while I was on the road with her. Um, backstage with Biden and Kamala and all of them, and really to, again, observe, watch. And um, what I saw was a, a lot of charlatans, a lot of phoniness. Um, and, um, uh, and I know this out of 30 some years in Hollywood uh, and having taught acting for a number of years, um, I know when someone's telling the truth and when someone's acting. And I saw a lot of actors backstage, not good ones either. Uh, and it seems to be not just in America. It seems to be, you know, international. They all do the same thing. They kind of they all play. Do the same thing. They they play at the nerve where they know that people are suffering, and they start saying that's what they're going to do. And once they get elected, yeah, nothing happens. And yeah, it must have been a shock as well when you see kind of uh, Bernie. Like I don't know how it works in America. Like it it gets down to the last two, and then he starts endorsing, say, like Hillary Clinton. You know, when you see him endorsing someone that was their enemy for so long, I find that very strange. Is that like, is that? Oh, it's it, it's incredible. And, and shame on me because I was warned. I was told that Bernie would do that. I had friends that called me, actually a couple of friends from Vermont who, who live in Bernie's hometown. And they said, we've we've known of Bernie and, and, and have been to many events for years, 30 years. And let me tell you what he's going to do. And when they told me that he was going to go all in for Hillary Clinton, I said, I literally thought they were insane. I said, this is, there's, I, you know, righteously, I said, I'm on the road with him. You're not, I'm getting to know him. And, and I would, I would bet anything that there's no way that man would do that because he's the opposite of Hillary Clinton. There's no way he's going to cave in and, and, and endorse this, this woman. She's, she's the epitome of corporate greed and, and treasonous policies that have, have, you know, have been very detrimental to our nation. And as much as I would love to see a woman in the Oval Office someday within my lifetime, that's not the one. And uh, and lo and behold, in Philadelphia, when he cashed it all in um, for Hillary, you know, there were a lot of us that were in denial. A lot, a lot of the, the Bernie bros, as they called us, were in denial. And we wanted to just believe that um, he had to do it. You know, there were people, all kinds of rumors. There were, he had a little scratch on his face of, God, it looks like maybe someone roughed him up. Maybe he was threatened. His family was threatened. Who knows? You know, the Clintons. Um, and so I thought maybe, may, maybe that happened to him and let's give him the benefit of the doubt. And then he just continued to, as, as months went on, he continued to go deeper into supporting her, her policies, um, backing, uh, a lot of the lies, the stuff that anyone in the press and anyone that knew anything about anything knew that the Russiagate thing was a complete hoax from the beginning. 
and Bernie's pushing it hard and 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 there's just one thing after the next. He signs a a, a, a pledge of loyalty to to the DNC and to uh, to never um, what was the the promise? It was like to to never say anything bad basically against Hillary Clinton again. Is basically he signed some kind of declaration. You know, and just one thing after the next where I just went, wow, I was I was terribly wrong about this man. He's a Trojan horse to usher in um, the furthest left, country destroying, communist slash socialist policies is is what he's really about. So um, for those for those out there who may have been introduced to Bernie through me and my media, I'm sorry. But, but like, I mean, it happens all around the world. Everybody, they're seen on the news 24-7. And, you know, because they're, they're professional actors. I mean, what they're saying, you buy into it. If you start watching these things, people start, you know, and then they start getting aggressive and basically fighting their friends and family because they're on the wrong side. And I, I think that's what they want, divide and conquer. You know, they don't want people to come together and just kind of push the whole system out and try to create something better. You know? Without doubt. Yeah. Without doubt, it, it it really is because, you know, there there's some old statements that have survived the the test of time. You know, the truth shall set us free, and united we stand, divided we fall. All these great catchphrases, you know, and and they know that united we stand, divided we fall, and it's the reason that, you know, my brother who died of AIDS was gay, and so I was born around a gay community. To me, it was just normal. I just woke, I just kind of grew up with, you know. Every all of that was normal to me, and and I had a very great experience with my with my brother's gay community. Um, I uh, I never had an issue. I never had anything but respect and a lot of very kind. Um, they, my brother was much older than I than I was. Um, a, a lot of uncles, a lot of very kind men that were um, uh, that 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 really uh, looked out for me. So I had, a, I had a great experience of, of, of my brother's community that he was involved in. Um, and it was easy to support them. It was like, it's the gay community. And then it was the gay and lesbian community. Oh, okay, the women want a different brand. That's weird. They could just be gay too, but they want to be, okay, they're lesbians. That's fine. Gay community, bisexual. Well, that makes sense because, you know, some people are both. Okay, you know, then it's gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, but all of these and then I realized years on, I went, oh, this is by design because now they're all fighting each other. All the feminists from first wave, second wave, third wave, they're all upset and they're upset. A lot of them with the transgender you know, community for ruining, you know, female sports and, 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 you know, in the same way that black people are against each other because some have light skin and some are darker skinned and some have accents and some don't. And they all infight. It's like the, the more we, we continue to to adapt to these labels, to place these labels on each other, and to um, constantly call out our differences and 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 dwell upon and obsess upon our differences. The more we can chop and slice and dice us into all these little subcategories, and then we're weak because now we're divided and we're fighting each other. And, um, and that is by design. And so we have to get wiser than that and realize that, that, you know, how about we just come back and meet in a place called human. Exactly. And like uh, what I've discovered lately, and it was both Ireland, I think it's happening in the States as well. And in Germany, they're basically teaching children. So they have the new education system. And I'm talking about kindergarten two to four, where they're talking about sex and masturbation and everything. So they're creating confusion in the children at that age. Oh, I know. This is what my next movie is about. We're going to stop the indoctrination of our children worldwide. Beautiful. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. So like everybody knows about the indoctrination and we can touch on that, but you've obviously done a lot before that and people mightn't be aware. So I'd like you to maybe tell us which ones you've done and which ones were passionate to you, which were close to the heart. Well, we've done hundreds of productions uh, at this point and a lot of it's short form. Uh, we, we saw years ago, kind of before the trend happened that everything that the, you know, there are some people that just really have a, a passion to create movies, kind of a nostalgic entertainment value uh but for me it's always been a form of activism uh, it's using media 
to reach the people and and to inform us of the things that is being hidden from us. And and so we adapted the um, you know fort, short form media quite a few years ago. So a lot of the stuff we've done, we've had a lot of viral short videos out in the world. Uh, um, too many to name, really. And we've also done a, several full full length documentaries um, that are out there. Um, I, I was uh, involved in one that was just released. Uh, was one of the key editors on a project called Kiss the Ground, which is about our, our soil and regenerative farming, farming and soil. Um, and I, I did a film called Neurons Nirvana, which was um, working with 40 top scientists and doctors who wanted to bring back psychedelic medicines for therapeutic purposes because before they were prohibited, they were um, achieving results in, uh, in, in psycho, uh, um, in, um, in, in, their, in their sessions that they can't achieve without it. And so um, there, a lot of doctors had been complaining that, you know, there are certain medicines that come from the ground, psilocybin and, and, and certain, uh, even MDMA and medicines that were designed to help people come back into a place of wholeness. And, and so we made a film called Neurons Nirvana, which was helping people see, you know, take these out of the, um, um, you know, uh, recreational realm and understand that these are medicines that were literally designed. People use them for recre recreational purposes, but they were designed to help people through psychotherapy and to help couples heal. And, uh, and so that's one of the films that I'm proud of because it's done a lot of, a lot of good for people and it's, and it's out there. Um, um, but other than that, uh, you know, uh, there's some films on our website, elevate.us, that people can go there and check out and see some of our, our, our um, montages of our, our work and our reels and some of the trailers of the films that are on there. I was involved in a film uh, a couple of years ago called Weed the People with Ricky Lake, and that's a film that was helping kids with cancer by using cannabis oil. Um, so we do a lot of stuff like that, helping, you know, medicine related, but, but nature based, um, helping people come back into the thing that we've been severed from, which is uh, the intelligence of our planet that provides just about everything we need um, to heal and, and survive and thrive. And like, even with the plant base, once you've got like a proper shaman would say like the ayahuasca or even just breath work, when you see yeah. somebody going through a transition that they could have been not just abused, but they could have experienced something. They might've witnessed something and they can trace it back by just going through an experience. Their life can change in one session. And yet this has been quashed and they're pumping children yeah. with retinol and Prozac That's right. and, all, and it is sick to see. That's right. Well, ayahuasca was one of the five medicines featured in neurons to Nirvana. Uh, and that, that is again, one of those medicines that, that uh, when people do it, you know, this is a root and a vine from the Amazon jungle. And it's, it's not fun, it's not recreational, it's not a party drug. It is a ceremonial experience that clears everything out of the body that doesn't belong. And I, and I watched hundreds of people that had some form of addiction. Uh, I watched their addictions drop six hours later, like after the ceremony's over, they have just no, no need for whatever it was that they were addicted to before, whether it be alcohol or opioids or whatever it might be. And so because of that, again, uh, we touch into this with pandemic uh, indoctrination, that anything that can't be patented, uh, they demonize. And so we've done a lot of focusing on the things that can't be patented because we need to bring those back and make them available to the people again because the people are suffering. Yeah, and like that's something that because uh, I had wanted to guess we were looking at the patents and everything. And basically during the Normanburg trials and everything, most of the real Nazis, they weren't, there was no criminals. They were, a lot of them went to America and they started running pharmaceutical companies and everything. Yeah, that's right. And it's sick when you trace it back. And then people now, even today, are going, I trust the government. I trust the medical industry. It's like this, I run the opposite direction because it's the one place that you know that's the real mafia is, is working there. Well, on that note, you know, I've had uh, several people that I know, some of them friends for 20, 25 years, um, who w had written me or, or had written bad things about me after pandemic online. 
And I reached out to him, kind of shocked. Like you, you didn't call me, you didn't check in with me to ask any questions. You just decided to go out and blast me online. And we've been friends for 20 years. What's that about? And they, they, they would tell me, well, I, I just read all this harmful, you know, alarming critiques of your movie. Have you seen it? No, I'm not going to see it because it's, it's deadly and it's dangerous. And it's, I said, well, you, you might want to try seeing it before you, you know, carry on these catchphrases, you know, uh, pinned by big media. And they'll say, but I, you know, it's just, you, you, you're going to kill people. You're going to kill old people. You're going to kill repeating all this stuff. Right. And I said, I would say, do you trust big pharma? Well, well, of course not. Do you trust the media? No. Do you trust me? Well, I always have. Have I ever given you a reason not to trust me? Have I ever lied? Is there anything I've told you that's been inaccurate? No. Think about the logic in that. So the two entities that you don't trust, big pharma and big media, you're now trusting over me that you've just admitted that for 25 years or whatever it is, I've never steered you wrong. Isn't that interesting? You know, like, like maybe there's some self-examination that needs to happen there. Because something has gotten into your mind that is allowing you to separate yourself from a friend that you know, love, and trust, and take the side of the two major entities that are destroying our planet and our way of life. Something's wrong. You need. To, we all need to take a look at that. I love that, and I, I, I know a lot of people will actually listen to that and get a smile because even when you've done the first one. I know I shared it. Loads of people shared it. I mean, you know, we were just delighted that something was done. And then, of course, we have the fact checkers coming out. And then <laughs> everybody then is attacking you. And it was yeah. like, you know, like, because, you know, we know, you know, the medical industry. So it didn't matter what someone said. We just know. But, you know, when they were going after the character of Judy, it, then because I didn't know the person, then, but I still knew what the information. And then when you've done the second one, it was so beautiful because you had the solicitors coming out and, you know, basically just proving every single, well, we know the fact, well, I do and you do know the fact checkers are fake and they've been bought and they're told what to do. But unfortunately, maybe 90% of the population, I don't know, when they see something like that, they actually think, ooh, they're correct and you're wrong. So it must have been sweet. I mean, you you really ring-fenced it. Like, I mean... Uh, like I'd like to maybe you to delve into that a bit more because you know you're going to be attacked. So you, you have to really probably 10 times more than anything else ring fence what you're putting out there. Oh yeah, it's I, I wouldn't allow anything in the film. We had some really great sections that I even went to the the you know the depth of finishing as an edit where they were they're ready to show right now. But when we got to the end and we realized that um, you know, a lot of stuff with Bill Gates has just been scrubbed off the internet. And there were several things that he's done that he's involved in. Uh, for instance, there was a, a dating app, eugenics based dating app that he was developing with Jeffrey Epstein. Um, and that was through Harvard or MIT through Harvard. And, uh, and we know it's real. And we talked with people who knew about it. We, they know that Bill Gates invested in it. And that it was selective breeding. It was trying to match people with their DNA. And basically, they're saying if we match people with good DNA, we can root out all the illness in the world um, and um, let people know that, you know, this is probably not a good match for you, this person, because they have a history of cancer in their family or whatever. We can start to selectively put, you know, these premium people together with with good DNA that this is what they were building. But but they scrubbed everything. And because it hadn't hit the, hit the public yet, there was really no um, official documentation to be able to show. And so I just said, unfortunately, we have to cut it out of the movie. I'm not going to put anything in there that we can't show uh, absolute proof that it exists and that what we're saying is accurate. And, uh, and that drove the press crazy because they wanted so bad to debunk the movie. But, but that's why as soon as we mentioned something in the film, we would show the document and highlight it right in front of people so they could see, like, we're going to save you time. We know you're too lazy to go research it yourself. So we're just going to put it right here in the movie for you. And um, and and not one claim from indoctrination has has been debunked. Not one. Brilliant. And I know you're on about, uh, like, the eugenics there and the DNA. Like, with the testing, people getting their COVID tests, 
there's even laws now that are slipping into different countries. They're basically retaining people's DNA. So that's why they're ramming it into the back of your nose to get the DNA from people and they're keeping. And yet people still queue up in their cars and they're kind of quite content to do this. They don't realize the dangers of the information that they're handing over. Oh, it's crazy. And then now you have New Zealand that have actually created these camps where if you refuse to get tested, they're putting you in a camp and holding you there until you agree to get tested. They're actually creating you, and, and that. And it, and it, I think in Canada as well. There, there's Canada, places, and Canada as everywhere. Well. There, I, I call them concentration camps again. Yeah, that's that's, that's what's right. happening. Yeah. So to all the people out there, you, you know, I've I've done a great deal of apologizing to to those communities that we call conspiracy theorists because I've been so allergic to conspiracy theory for years that I just got to a point, and I, and that that's by design too. You just get to a point where you hear anything that 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 is in that realm you know of you hear oh they have direct energy weapons they can shoot a laser down and start a fire and maybe they're starting the fires in california you just go ah please and you lump that in there with flat earthers and and moon moon landing deniest and all of that um and then you go oh they actually do have direct energy weapons that can shoot a laser down and start a fire um so if they have that would they do that wow, maybe we should open our eyes and consider that now that we've seen what they're willing to do, creating concentration camps, I think they would do just about anything. And so I, 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 I have made a lot of public apologies to the conspiracy theorists out there that tried to wake me up uh, 10, 12 years ago, and I laughed them off. And, and one by one, just everything they told me was coming has come. And so shame on me for not listening. And if, if any of your listeners, or listeners out there are still not listening, Come on, it's, it's time. It's time that we all listen and we understand. And there, but there's a fine line on that. Also, I also like to talk to the conspiracy theorist and say, um, I was having this talk with a, a, a guy the other day that was um, a, a fan of the pandemic series, but was also saying, you know, stuff to the degree of, of uh, oh, you know, uh, that, that last Obama appearance, that was a clone, that wasn't a real person, and that was and it went on this whole thing. And I said, well. Yeah, they have the technology of it, deep fakes and all of that, but be careful with that kind of language because you make it really hard for guys like me. Because when you go out and you say stuff like that, it's, it's, it's not provable and it's very likely not accurate. Then you talk about pandemic in the same sentence. You're lumping me in with all that other stuff. And I said, please don't do that. It's not helping. It really isn't. So you need to stay grounded. And don't just pass on things and, and, and listen to yourself, listen to the language. And every word we speak should be a bridge. And if you, if you consider that, that every word you speak is building a bridge, because if you want to just preach to the choir all day long, all that does is create more division, right? That your team just agrees and, and you stay in that conversation and this team disagrees and they stay in their conversation. But to build a bridge between the two groups, we have to be aware of our language, we have to be responsible for the words that we speak. So we can build a bridge to the other side and, and, and have them join us, you know, or, and or join them if that makes sense um, and, and stay unified. But uh, it's our language that sometimes uh, is the great divider. Yeah, absolutely. And like with the kind of the hiding the information, because I, I had written a, a book. I wrote it about three years ago, but I was kind of I got it into the hands of maybe 20 kind of influential people. And they all said, "Ooh, you're going to be whacked for this. And I really didn't care. I said, no, I need to get yeah. this out. And it was more, my mother was kind of taught, and what about your children? You know, and that kind of, that was kind yeah. of the factor. But I saw in the last six months, yeah, people have woke up a lot. And you probably have seen that yourself. And all the information I have in my book, because I had a lot of links and everything, it's all gone. Everything is disappearing. All the good information is gone. And lots of people, you know, medical doctors, anyone doing natural health, it's all been taken away. And I mean, you're obviously experiencing a lot of that as well. Oh yeah, we you know we pandemic is the most viewed and banned piece of documentary footage of all time, um, with over a billion views. But honestly, that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have happened without the censorship. Mm. So I'm deeply grateful for for the media and the fact checkers for doing such a wonderfully horrible job at at trying to stop us because all it did, all it does is make people more curious and more vigilant. And it would not have been seen by over a billion people if they wouldn't have gone to such great lengths to, to silence us. 
everyone that I've seen that, you know, the tr truth always prevails. It always prevails. And those who speak the truth, even the ones who have been, you know, incredibly condemned, ultimately, it's just given them a larger voice, a larger bullhorn. I've watched YouTubers with 100,000 followers get deplatformed. And next thing I know, they're, they're hosting a major broadcast for a major channel, you know, and, and, and so this is all they're ultimately doing is helping amplify us. And it's not working. It'll never work. Look what just happened with Hunter Biden's laptop stuff. You know, they went to such great lengths to stop it. You know, if they would have just let it go and die out there, it might have. But it's not going to die now because now people are wondering, why in the hell are you trying to keep this from us? And they're digging and they're finding what they need. They're finding the answer to that. And so it's it, none of that works. It's it's, you know, there's a lot to be said for being integral and being honest. There's a lot to be said for that. There's you know, the, uh, the forces of nature line up to support us. And the reason we're watching everything backfire for four years now on the side that's trying to lie and de deceive is because they're not being honest. And if they, you know, if, and it's like, and, and it, that, that's my former party. I am, I am officially, uh, I will never vote Democrat ever again in my life. And that's all I've ever voted. I'm absolutely clear now that that party has been incredibly, uh, infiltrated and hijacked with with I, with destructive and deadly ideologies, and I you know having been born and raised in California and watching the result of bad political policies, watching Gavin Newsom do the most incredible you know lockdowns, just announcing that no one can celebrate Thanksgiving or Christmas or you know Halloween or any of these holidays for you know no science. Here's a guy who's been saying all along you know, listen to the CDC. And then the moment the CDC came out and said, well, we were wrong. Here are the real numbers. It's not as deadly. And masks may be a problem. He said, I'm not listening to the CDC anymore. I have other sources, you know, and it's like, you, you don't get to play that game just because you're an elected official. You don't get to play with our lives that way. Um, and so, so it's, it's been a real wake up call to a lot of us to go, this is why we need to really pay attention to who we're voting locally. And for, for my Democratic friends who still, and some of them are still so caught up in the game that they don't understand that Biden has sold out to China. He's done treasonous acts. I mean, he's admitted it on camera. I don't, we should not care at this point what side it falls on. We should be making the highest choices for our future, no matter what. If the Republicans screw up and they're dishonest or whatever, call them out, take them down. You know, and if it's the Democrats, whatever it is, we have to remember we are the party of the people. And these parties serve us. And the moment they stop serving us, we need to take charge. And right now, the Democratic Party is not serving us. It's serving a, an agenda that is destroying lives and destroying our economy. And it's all to get Donald Trump out of office. And that's all they're doing. And, and you can support that endeavor all you want, but, but there are ways to do it legitimately. And because they've been doing it in ways that are not legitimate, everything has backfired. And all they're doing, again, like I said a minute ago, they're giving Donald Trump a bigger voice, greater support, a stronger base. And they just keep doing it. They did it with Hillary Clinton in 2016. And they just keep doing it over and over and over. And so if the definition of insanity is repeating the same behavior and expecting different results, they they deserve you know they deserve the headline at, at the top of the dictionary representing insanity as a democratic party at this point absolutely totally agree with you and uh, like if if i look up uh, wikipedia about yourself it's like there was a time i mean you're going but you're, you're saying that in 2016 you didn't realize about barney sanders and all this there was a time i actually trusted wikipedia and then I started looking at different things. I don't know. Have you even looked? It's just a pure. Oh, yeah. It's and you cannot go in and no. modify about you. It's just it's it's like bad boy, bad boy. It's unbelievable. Well, they don't like me because I, I called them out and I and I pulled back the curtain in in indoctrination too. Yeah, I mean in pandemic too, and then yeah. showed people what 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 they really do. So I knew when I made that choice. All, all the choices I've made. That's why the people who have said, you know. 
they can't find any, any real dirt on me. And so they just go, Oh, you're just doing this for, for, for fame and fortune or whatever. And it's like, I've turned down every opportunity to make money on this project. And fame is the last thing that I want right now. After 30 plus years in Hollywood, I think fame is a curse. Um, it just makes you a target. I, I like my privacy. I like to spend time with my family. Um, I'm not seeking any of that. Um, they don't understand what comes with this. I had to make conscious choices as a filmmaker to, you know, to know I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm a veteran. I understand what the repercussions are when you go up against Google. Google who owns YouTube and everything else. Yeah. Google who has the power to, to do what they did, which is, you know, they contact the other big tech, you know, uh, tech technocrats and they, and they tell them what to do. So Dropbox deleted all of our files, private files, password protected files, GoDaddy shut down our URL, um, all the payment service, you know, providers shut us down. So when you go up against something like Google, you know, you burn all your bridges, you know, Netflix, I'll never have another film distributed on Netflix. Uh, another movie that I was co-directing, uh, uh, they've just offered to pay me out and so I could take my name off because they, they, they don't think they can get distribution on Amazon or Netflix with my name on the film, you know, and it's like, and that's fine with me. It, it actually really is because I'm, I'm no longer um, dependent upon the system. Uh, we're building our own systems now. We're building a bulletproof blockchain platform that, that we'll be able to pull in all the top truth tellers together. We're building that now. We have ways and uh, to obviously to distribute these projects. If you consider that the the record, the most seen documentary before a pandemic was over just over 10 million views, and then Pandemic One does over a billion, and Pandemic Two is way up there with 30 30 million plus at this point, and that's after one had come out and after even the word pandemic was you couldn't even send an email to each other with the word pandemic and it'd be rejected and we still have over 30 million views so it it proves that you can't you can't stop the truth and there are ways to do it especially when you do it with with people powered distribution platforms and and so the way that we achieved it is we went we kind of re reverse engineered everything that the marketeers have been teaching us for decades and instead of trying to capture emails or turning on your, your ads for revenue or anything like that, we said, no, we want the people to upload it and we want them to have it. And a lot of people that reached out to me and they said, can we translate this into Portuguese? And I said, you don't understand, it's your film. The moment you download it, it's yours. And we had Roku and all these companies that called us and wanted you know, distribution uh, meetings about distribution. And we said, no, we won't sign one deal. We won't take one penny, but you can have it. And they're like, what do you mean we can have it? Well, it's free. It's your movie. The moment you download it, it's yours. And they're like, well, I think we need to be in some kind of contractual agreement. We won't do it. Not one contractual agreement. We won't do it. It's yours. So take it if you want it. Leave it if you don't. It's fine. And that kind of energy, um, not even capturing an email, not making people put in an email to be able to see the movie. It's just there, downloaded. It's yours. It's free. Um, it had people take ownership. And so then when it was censored, they took it personally. Because it wasn't me being censored, it was them being censored. And, and that really woke up people to the dangers of limiting free speech and the dangers of, of tech censorship. And so, um, you know, we're really glad that it, it, it woke up millions of people to understand that that, that that can't happen and we can't allow that. And, yeah, and that's beautiful. And I actually I put it on my BitChute channel because I see even with the YouTube channel, you know, there's times the numbers I can see the views going in, but when you look at the about page, they've stopped, and there's a few other people as well. I've even have screenshots where my numbers are going backwards. You know, I, I don't oh. know how <laughs> the same wow. way, the same way, yeah, the same with Facebook, because you know, they'll they'll even if say you've 10 thumbs up. You could have eight views, you know. Normally, that's even yeah, impossible, right. and, and it's just constant <laughs> stuff like that. So we're surrounded. But I love what you've done because you know you said a billion people. That's incredible, and you know you could have you could have made a fortune on this, but it just shows the passion that you have to get the message out. Because I think it's more about you know further down. It's you're a family man. You want to protect your children, and the more people that understand this. And that it's not about a personal greeting, uh, you know. It's it's beautiful to be honest with you. And like I, 
definitely if you have not watched it you need to watch it because i mean you're you know you're you're staring it in it yourself but you, the questions they're just they're just perfect the way that you've done it I, it's, you know you, you really I, you have a, a great skill for documentary to be honest it's you know it's fascinating the way that you've done it thank you thank you so much and if people do want to see it it's it's free and it's at pandemicseries.com pandemicseries.com both one and two are on there as well as a bunch of vignettes we we took out of the film so if you just want to watch the vignette about bill gates and learn about his true history or, or the who or the cdc or the begin or how western medicine became western medicine we have all these vignettes and everything has been subtitled in 13 or 14 different languages um and so i welcome people to go but don't just watch it download it save it because if, if if our site doesn't disappear one day you'll have it and share it and stand in the fire with us. You know, people will come out and say, oh, this is debunked and it's smeared and whatever. And just just trust that, it, it, that none of that is true and that um, history will remember you fondly for for doing your best to show the truth. And, and that's all we can do right now. No, oh, exactly. And like when when you see the likes of like on Netflix, because I like to look at my enemy as well. I'll, I'll read, uh, you know, the Mein Kampf and stuff like that. I like to just try to get into the, the mind of different people. But there's like a documentary recently on uh, Netflix about Bill. And if you watch it and believe it, you think he's the best man on earth. And I mean, like coming from your experience, I, I don't know, would you waste your time watching that? But just assume you did. It must, or even looking at other ones, it must infuriate you to see what they're, you know, spewing out such lies to brainwash the population. Oh, it's, 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 it's really incredible. Someone that, you know, it's, it is infuriating when you, when you speak with people in Africa and India and they, they were there 10 years ago, 18 years ago, and they saw tens of thousands of young children walk in and, and be carried out of bad vaccine trials at the hands of Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates and their foundations. And, and that those kids were discarded. They were never, um, Bill could have dropped a billion dollars and helped an entire a territory of India for the damage he did, um, but he didn't. And he instead left these kids to just be crippled or sterilized, whatever it might, may have been. And the fact that there's so much evidence of this and there's so many people that will testify that this happened yet, you know, Netflix will go throw up a two hour documentary glorifying this man, a man who stole his original technology, didn't even invent it. A man who was convicted of antitrust violations by the U S government. So here's a man that the U S government already declared is not trustworthy. And have you seen the video of him in court? He's like Rain Man bouncing back. You can see the guilt. Just watching that video alone will oh, yeah. turn you oh, against yeah. him. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's super clear. And here's a man who's invested in, it just blows my mind, Roy, because it's like, how, how much evidence do we need till we finally go, okay, there's something here to pay attention to. You know, it's when a man, someone is talking about, you know, needing vaccines because he wants the world to be healthy, but then he's invested in Monsanto's and, and all of the most, you know, the worst food companies on the planet and all these technologies for surveillance that, uh, that literally keep us in prisons, all these abilities to track us, to trace us, to punish us if we don't, um, you know, adhere to the protocols of, of, of him, you know, ultimately mandatory vaccines. Again, there's another conspiracy theory. I remember when I first made my first post 10 years ago about vaccines and mentioned something about, it's really clear that the, the agenda is right now, you know, our children that, that are going to school, then it will be children, whether they go to school or not, homeschooled or anything. And then it's gonna be all people, adults. And when I said that, they, people online literally were like, you're nuts, you're, you're crazy that you would think our government would mandate adults to get vaccinated this is not ever going to happen and now it's happening you know and it's like how many of these circumstances do we need to live until we go all right maybe these people running these benevolent branded ngos with all their 
you know, money that they're going to save the world and, and innovate stuff. Maybe they're up to something else. What might that be? And just ask that question and start looking yourself because what you'll find is they're up to something. And it's not what you think it is right now. It's not what the media is telling you it is right now. And hopefully you'll see it before it's too late. Because in some cases, for some people, in some nations, it's already too late. But we still have a fighting chance here in our nation where you are. Speaking of, by, by the way, before I forget, one of my favorite doctors that I interviewed was Dolores Cahill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you interviewed her? I, I think I will be because my friend is actually going to interview her next week. And uh, you should from, from Ireland. Exactly. No. And I've watched her when she was uh, at the protest. She's brilliant. I like she gives the facts. She's got the experience. She worked for the Irish government. She worked for the EU and nobody can put them in, put her in her place because she knows exactly the facts. And she, she, she was one of my favorites. I, I, I love her. And I'm, 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 uh, your accent reminded reminded me that I need to get a hold of her <laughs> and stay in touch with her. Yeah, I, I I'll, I'll tell Chris to 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 pass on the message and make sure. Please do. Yeah, please do. So listen, it's been fantastic. Totally enjoyed the conversation. What's the best way for people to get in contact? Pandemicseries.com. There's an email on there too. If somebody wants to reach out, we're we're just now gearing up for our next movie which uh, is tentatively entitled American Family because we're going to um, American Family. So it's, it's, about, it's about being American and being family. Not necessarily the American family, but both of those are separate subjects. And the importance of, of family is, is um, something that we need to come back into because the, 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 the family and not just America, but all over the world has been decimated. And and there's a reason for that too, because that that is the foundation of of our uh, of our existence in the 80 to 100 years that we get to experience this planet. The foundation itself uh, is our family, and without a foundation, we're weak, and we don't stand. And so, because of that, we have groups like Black Lives Matter that has declared on their website that they are disrupting the nuclear family. And, you know, we need to, we need to start listening to what they're saying out loud, right, right, in, right in plain open sight and understand that they mean it. They actually mean that they mean they're going to disrupt the, the family. And there's a reason for that. Um, they're saying it's because it's based on the, the patriarchy and all of that. And, but the truth is, it's like the same reason that, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that I was raised on welfare. I watched my mom be incentivized to not get into another relationship, to not get remarried. She was incentivized through the welfare program to stay single. So I was raised without a father and I'm one of the lucky ones, but it, it, it almost went awry. I, in my teens, I definitely, I, it's amazing that I didn't end up in prison or dead because without that, you know, that input of a, of a solid father, I had to go out and learn everything the hard way. And I got into a lot of trouble. Um, and thank God something straightened me out enough that I could come back to center and, and, and start over again. But not everyone gets that second chance. And, and that is, again, by design, by keeping the fa fathers out of the home. A, a, young, a young child, a boy, is you know, nine times more likely to end up dead or in prison. Um, uh, seven times more likely to commit violent crimes and rape and, um, and, and like five times more likely to get divorced. You know, I mean, it just really, it, it starts us off on the wrong foot. It's not that we can't have a great life if we're raised without a father. So I don't want people to feel hopeless that, that don't have, um, didn't have, or currently don't have access to a father. Um, but but it's definitely something that we can all band together and, and recreate in the future such that, that our children are raised with the input of both mother and father, which are, are critical to our developing minds and hearts. No, definitely. And like I've actually witnessed that in with friends. Like I, I, I'm, I've got equal custody of my son, but I, I'm in a strange situation where we both respect each other. We get on very well. We even do a Polish podcast together. But I have seen other people in courts where their rights, they like they're lucky to get a couple of hours a week to see their child. And 
it's like all orchestrated. And that's not just in Poland and Ireland, that's around the world. And what you've yes. just said makes sense. You know, it's intentional. It's like everything is intentional and people need to wake up and go, ooh, this isn't a, a coincidence. That's right. Well said. Thank you very much. It's been wonderful. Really appreciate you. And I encourage people to go up and watch the documentaries. And we look forward to the, the new ones that you're creating. Roy, thank you so much, my friend. This has been a pleasure. So that's all for the Awakening Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. Until next week, take care. There's a time.